You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 208. In this episode, I'm doing honor coaching with Agnieszka Kakowska. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Agnieszka, who is in my Somba program. Agnieszka is an architect by training, but her passion is to teach women how to make their homes beautiful with handmade products. She already has online courses and a team and now needs to know how to grow her business further. This is her third time on the show, and I'm so excited to see her business take off so fast. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 208 for the show notes of this episode and find out how you could start to build your profitable online business. I am excited to welcome third time to this show, Agnieszka Gakowska. She's in the Samba program and eager and ambitious to move her business forward. Thank you for being back on the show, Agnieszka. I should say thank you that third time is the charm, as they say. I'm so happy to be here. There's always a busy question coming up, so it's really nice to be here the third time. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Explain to the audience what you do before we dive into your challenge. Well, I'm an interior designer, but uh, now I teach handmade crafts because I want to give my clients an easy tool for creating their own personalized accents for interiors. Since I have already specialized in this branch of interior designing and I also meet uh, my clients offline during uh, those workshops but I also launched an online crochet course <laughs> and I see that there are many coming up in the next couple of years I guess. <laughs> Great okay so what is the challenge that we want to discuss today? The biggest challenge is how to build up a team. I have already started as you advised me and I already see the results. It's totally different when you do it all alone and you know set up your page because you can do it in WordPress. And it's totally different when you have people that you have to manage. And at the beginning, I tried this mastermind approach as we discussed it last time and it worked really well for setting up new ideas. And suddenly there was this moment that if you want to treat it as a business, that was the moment you really helped me with an approach that you have to be a leader who says the rules and you have to lead the, the boat, right? <laughs> and now I see that once I took up this leading role, suddenly things went on so fast and people started knowing what to do. And now when I have a person who does the website, it's already in progress. And I have somebody taking care of all the legal stuff with all the policy, privacy and things. I see that I see things clearly. And now 
I wanted just to talk about those tips and tricks about leading the team because somehow I feel that it's really easy to recruit a person to do the work that I'm really proficient at because the process of recruiting is easy. You know what do you expect, you know how to set up the rules, you know how to make an agreement, for example, and what prices should you charge for this help. But it's really hard with the things that you actually don't know how to do. For example, now I know that I can uh, give somebody my social platforms like Facebook or Instagram because I know how to lead them and I knew, knew how to recruit a person to do that for me because I want to focus on Pinterest. But it's really hard thinking about the things that I could also delegate once I don't know exactly what could be helpful to be delegated. And I maybe wanted to um, listen to you, your story because there were probably some stages when you, you discovered, yeah, I need the person to do that for me and I need the person to do this for me. And I just wanted to listen to your story. I guess that will open up something in my mind. <laughs> so a bit of brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a blessing and a curse to be a generalist. And that's what you've realized that you probably know a lot of things that you do in your business and uh, it becomes hard for us to delegate. So I'm a generalist, like I basically can do everything in my business. I can set up a DNS host. I can uh, program a JavaScript <laughs> if needed. So as I said, it's a blessing and a curse because you postpone uh, hiring people for tasks. You just feel like, well, why should I pay someone to change the DNS server if I can do it myself? But we need to. Uh, this really limits our growth. Just a five-minute task, it's a five-minute distraction. So for instance, today I'm recording eight or nine podcast episodes and doing Sigrun TV. So this is how you are efficient in your business, is that I am fully focused on recording. I'm not doing anything else. I have to pack my bags because I'm flying out to New York this afternoon. But other than that, I am fully focused on this being a podcast day. And how can I do that? I have a podcast editor. So I just record the podcast. So I have a podcast editor. I have a show note writer. And my assistant, Lynn, who's been with me for over three years, she will put up a blog post based on the notes that the show note writer writes and create images and schedule for social media. So when I finish, when we say goodbye to each other today, my job is finished in terms of the podcast. You can focus on the maritime. I can focus on the interviews. I normally reach out to potential podcast guests myself or I offer on-air coaching. That is still something I have to squeeze into my uh, schedule to find guests and plan out future podcasts. But once the recording is done, my job is done. Also, scheduling appointments. If it's difficult to schedule an appointment with a potential guest, I also delegate that. Mm -hmm. So really focusing on, you know, the podcast process is probably the one that I could share the most in terms of what do you actually need to do? So the reason I reach out to the podcast guests myself, that these are often people who know who I am, and it will feel strange if I ask my husband yes, to reach out to them. Yeah, if I ask someone else. So yes, I could delegate it, but I do feel it's just some decency and uh, 
you know, human being and building a network and connection is to still do that personally, if I know them. So I still do that myself. Planning out uh, the podcast, I have this amazing uh, Google sheet where we put in uh, every podcast episode that's going to come up, the name of the person, when am I going to record it? So my team is watching the sheet, you know, they know that today there is not as a lot of recordings going on. And they feel very good about it because for the next days and weeks, uh, we will not be behind on schedule. And we want to always have some uh, podcast episodes ready to go out. Uh, you know, you can be sick or anything could happen and it's good to have a budge. And what do you essentially need to do? You need to know the initial strategy. So when I created this Google Sheet, I spent hours on it. Probably, I, I remember my husband saying, I think you've wasted too much time on the sheet, but I, I wanted to get it right in the way that would work for me. And now the only thing I have to put in is the name of the person I'm interviewing, you know, and, and I come up with maybe a title, but even the show note writer has told me, I can decide the titles for you. And I'm like, that could save me five minutes. So thinking about how you can get more efficient. Also, when I ask a podcast guest, you know, for interview and they've already agreed to do it, I send them a link. When they book uh, the podcast, I use uh, Sapir that automatically takes the details from schedule once and puts them into a Google Doc with the name of the guest. So when the show notes writer is writing up the show notes, she goes into a special folder on Google Drive that is named guests. And she will find the biographies of all the guests and a link to the image of the guest. So it's not just hiring people, but thinking what you can automate. There's so much you can do with tools like Sapir, Vorcado, and Ift. These are th three different tools that connect information from one place to another. So nobody has to go and do copy paste. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somehow now I feel that in a way I need some kind of a manager uh, who could help me manage the people I, I do because sometimes I get this impression there's more of managing than the work they do. And somehow I need a person who could help me with that. But I wouldn't want to have another person help me with that, but have somebody from the team. And in a way, with this podcast, as you said, it's like the things that you have the time to think about the strategy and have people to do all the technicalities that sets you free to have more time for this creative work. And uh, somehow I feel guilty in a way, like in those moments that I have like the whole day for myself and I know how it works, how much creative work, how many ideas uh, implemented like in the next half a year are there in this day. But somehow I feel that there's like this uh, blockage in my mind that, uh, you know, giving somebody work that I could do myself. And somehow, sometimes I feel that, like with the podcasting, I have to know how to do it by my own or like on my own, do it like a series of episodes. And then I'm allowed to uh, hire somebody to do that for me. So in a way, I had to master how to do the WordPress page and do the course on my own, spent a whole month on that. And somehow I feel legitimate to hire somebody to do that because I knew how to hire that person. And that's something in my mind, I guess. There, there are people that know what to do and you pay for the time. Yeah. But the thing is, it's a limiting belief. Luckily... I did not think for a second about editing my podcast. Maybe for a second. Maybe for a second I thought I could do it. Also, 
the show notes, I thought, well, my assistant could write it. She's a good writer. She has taken often webinars and audios from me and changed them into great blog posts for me. But I realized once I had recorded a few episodes that this was not her fortune. This was not the one thing that she's best at. So it also, I need her to focus on different things in the business, like Infusionsoft and landing pages and sales pages. So a task, listening to a podcast and writing the show notes, it's a distraction from other things that you're already doing in the business. So I think it's better to have people, specialists in each role. Of course, you will have generalists within the team too, but your limiting belief in terms of you have to know it in order to delegate it. That is probably the key challenge here. Because you said it repeatedly before that until now, you have been easily able to find the people, you can tell them what to do, you can teach them. But when it comes to something you don't know how to do, how would you know who to hire, what to pay them, how to train them? But the thing is, that's when you hire someone that actually knows it already. Somehow, I also feel that um, our like internet is full of um, you know people who do business um, so to say, unethically, that they charge a lot, but their work is not that good. And somehow I feel that I'm not able to assess whether this person would be good to hire or not. In a way, I, I've got this intuition that somehow I feel, yeah, like when you talk with a person, you somehow know uh, what he or she is made of. But I've got this impression that if I don't know the subject, I could be really <laughs> in a bad position when negotiating, for example, prices. Like, yeah, that's something hard for me. But I guess, as you said, it's like somewhere in my mind, not ex exactly as a fact. <laughs> it comes with experience. And this is why we look at more than one person. So when it came to, uh, for instance, picking an editor, and now it will be funny for my editor to listen to this, I decided that I needed to work with someone professional. I was not going to hire, let's say, a virtual assistant who knows how to edit a podcast. I wanted to hire a podcast editor. And I think the way you find people, like I, I found my editor, is that you see someone else who launched a podcast and they thank their editor. And then you go listen to that podcast and say, oh, that's an amazing quality. In this case, I didn't even listen to the podcast. I saw just someone I knew uh, recommending her. I sent her a message and then it took me about six months to actually decide to finally launch. And then I reached out to her again. In my mind, in your mind, you have to see what is it worth to you to hire a specialist because you can hire someone who charges $5 an hour. You can hire someone for $25 an hour, 50, 100, 500, 1000. The range is all there. When you hire someone, what is it worth to you to have, I don't know, everything organized, having someone manage your business and you have time for creativity? Yeah, that's yeah? right. What is yeah. your time worth? Because uh, if you are looking for a project manager, that is someone who actually knows how to run a project. They become like, you know, business manager for you. Yeah. yeah. And you need to decide what it's worth to you. Some people do not know what they're worth themselves. And then you kind of, as a business owner, like, oh, great deal. But ultimately, if you're a good boss, you want your people to earn a fair job for what they're doing. You have to be careful that your salary doesn't go through the roof and suddenly uh, you're not profitable anymore because you pay too much. But that's why you also are in a program like Sombor somewhere else where you ask 
I got an offer for doing this and here's what the, the person is going to charge by the hour. What do you think? Is that high or low? I have no idea. So you just ask people and potentially in a big group like some, but there will be people that know, wow, that sounds high to me. And I know when, for instance, uh, virtual assistants, let's just take that as a discussion point because we are both in Europe. Well, we get quite jealous when we see Americans say that they pay $15 an hour. I just saw Gary Vaynerchuk advertise five new roles on his website. And I was curious. So I read through the roles and this was all something like social media, video editing, or $15 an hour. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. In Europe, a minimum 20, 25, and it just goes upwards. You have to kind of look at where do you live in the world? Where does the person you're hiring live? What is their skill set? And, uh, you know, if they're a smart business owner, they will charge higher prices. You know, I hired the video editor in uh, Pakistan. And, you know, you would assume that, you know, because the living costs are a lot, lot lower than in Switzerland, where my company is registered, that you pay low. But he was smart. He was still charging 10 or $15 an hour. And I thought, that is a smart guy. Now, will I hire him to edit 100 videos for me? Maybe not. But if I need editing of 10 videos, yes. And uh, if he is better than someone else I found and someone else is slower, you know, you have to look at, it's not just the rates, it's also how fast the work is done. And ultimately, are you happy at the end of the day? Yeah, for me now, it's this moment when I'm really happy about how I earn money and how much I earn. It's maybe not that much, but I have free time and I've got this time for the family. Just as I wrote in the Passionathon, it all came true and I feel so happy about working, having my time off and things like that. And suddenly I've got this choice whether to you know, stay in this balance or go into this project uh, of podcasting. I've got so many invitation of Polish podcasters and I somehow feel that it's like a mission to talk about the handmade craft and make it popular and make it in fashion. Somehow I feel that people need this, you know, doing things with their hands, especially in this era of online business when we're... And it's great. And you are on a mission for that. Yeah, and I feel so passionate again, like something totally new. But I know that I will have to buy some time by paying somebody else doing things I do now for me so that I could focus totally on this new adventure, so to say. So somehow I feel that like it's worth trying. At least it's worth trying. You can always step back. You should list everything you do in your business and really ask yourself, do you have to do it? Do you have to do it? For instance, changing the DNS that I did a few days ago so that our email deliverability will be better. Did I really have to do it? Well, in that moment, because we don't have a technical person on the team right now, I was the only one who knew how to do it. So it took me five minutes and then I did it, of course. But if I want to scale my business, I need to have a person that can do that. So that was a lesson for me while I was doing it. I am quite a nerd, so I enjoyed doing it. But I thought to myself, this is still nothing I should be doing. So before an incident like this happens again or something similar, let's say in the next three months is a goal for me to have a technical 
like a really tech savvy person on the team. Yeah, and maybe that person is just two hours a week because we do not often have tasks like this. But knowing that you have someone you can turn to, or even you may not have a fixed contract with them. You may just hire them when you need them and there's no fixed contract, yeah? So everything you do, think about a coach or someone like me. What do I need to do? I need to be talking to you. I cannot send my team to this call, right? Uh, the weekly office hour in Sampa, that's even questionable. At some point, there might be someone really advanced within Sampa or one of my masterminders that answers the weekly office hours instead of it. It's possible. I'm not saying I will do it, but it's possible. But I feel I should do it, so I will do it. My secret TV show. You know, there are certain things that I cannot and don't want to delegate. Yeah? But writing my blog posts... I don't need to do that. Writing my social media posts, I don't need to do that. I don't need to create the images. So what are you doing currently in your business that you you do not have to do? Yeah, there's one thing I discovered this week. Uh, I had my child really sick, so I didn't totally answer any posts, any comments on my web page. And I used to do that on my own because that's the best thing, how you can you know, uh, know the challenges of your clients. And suddenly I realized that there was a week that I was absent and the heaven didn't crash. So I could yeah, give it to somebody else. And I had so much free time, even when taking care of a sick child <laughs> as it happened. Yeah, so there are things that one can delegate and it's really hard to step out of this routine. So once you're like in this um, trap of being busy, it's really hard to get out. And sometimes I'm really happy about uh, members of a family to remind me that sometimes you can, yeah, you can delegate the work. You don't have to. So the world didn't crash. That is a good reminder. So sometimes we need to get sick or go away on holiday or something to realize that the world will not crash if you step away from social media or email for a day or even a week and you can have someone answer it. So. One of the first things to delegate for women is to have a cleaner. Yeah, yeah, I already delegated that. And that was the first step, the, the most difficult one. Difficult step, but the crucial step if you work from home to have a cleaner. The second step is having someone managing email for you. Yeah. And that's the thing I discovered that uh, I wasn't coherent with, with what I teach because the main purpose of my uh, teaching um, handmade craft is to stick out of the screen and talk to people and do something with your hands. And suddenly I discovered that I spent so much time in front of computer that I actually don't do what I teach. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I said second step to uh, get someone to answer email. Uh, maybe I want to correct that. I would say the second step is to get someone to set up like webinars, landing pages, sales pages. And then once that's covered, then you get someone for your help desk, for your email. It depends on your business in what order. But for me, the first assistant I hired was to set up webinars for me because it took a lot of time sending out the replay and all that stuff. Then for over, over, um, I had only been in business about, I guess, eight, seven, eight months when I hired my first assistant, I was not making a lot of money and I, I realized it was a repetitive task. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, social media is, is something to hire out as well. 
So it depends what you enjoy, what you like, and you may hold on to things, you know, for instance, Instagram, I actually post that myself, but my uh, assistant helps me to schedule post in Planoly. So when I'm on the road and I'm looking for a good image to post, I can just go into Planoly and look for something because I want to mix with what's happening during the day with some professional. And we are also the posting the podcast images with the audio on it. Yeah, great idea with this, you know, side by side. Uh... Yeah. So the, these need to be prepared in advance. That would also not be something that I need to do. And still I am posting on Instagram. It's always me. But I, I've gotten an assistant helping, uh, you know, preparing some of the images and all the videos and things like that. So it's always figuring out what can you do and what do you still enjoy? So you hold on to the things that you still enjoy doing, but at some point you also need to let those go. I will let go with the uh, workshop because I started with doing the workshop on my own, like teaching crochet. And now I've got the team and it's not only crochet now, it's sewing, it's knitting, it's uh, lots of other things. And I've got the team because I know all the handmade uh, like uh, branches, but I won't do them but on my own. And suddenly I've got the person that could crush it, but I still am holding on to those workshops because I love them so much. Yeah. And you shouldn't give up. You shouldn't give up what you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And since I enjoy it, even when she does it, I'm still there, but that's a different role. And I could observe people. I could talk to them even more. So suddenly I discovered, yeah, I'm not irreplaceable and it's even better because then I can think of how to improve those workshops, whether longer, whether shorter, maybe different program. And suddenly other doors open. So yeah, that, that was a challenge. But once you cross that line, <laughs> suddenly everything opens up again and you're at a totally different level. So let's come back to the person you think you need to hire next time, which is a project manager. Yeah, I guess that's going to be a combination of a project manager and a virtual assistant because I still am doing my uh, emails on my own. And I think that it was three or four months ago that I decided I have to hire somebody. I still didn't do that. So that's going to be the first thing. And I somehow feel that that could be one person for now. Yeah, it depends on the person. So there are people who are good project managers. And then there are people who are still a good assistant, but they're just not good project manager, right? Uh, and I do feel since the topic of project manager came up, I recommend the book Rocket Fuel. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, Rocket Fuel. Uh, it talks about visionary and integrator. So you obviously, by starting your business and doing what you do, and you're on a mission to bring the handmade crafts into the world, especially online business and all that stuff, uh, you're the visionary. Yeah, I even had it in all those tests, like personality tests, is yeah. like a visionary, totally. <laughs> no surprise there. So, but what you wanna do is to find an integrator. Now, this person, and there's a tests in a book to figure out if people are integrators. These are people who are happy to be in the background and love to support visionaries. Great, yeah, I need that kind of person, yeah, definitely. And this can be a person who is at the same time your assistant, you know, doing all kinds of uh, tasks that assistant needs to do and managing the business for you as far as you, uh, you know, want someone else to do that. 
And maybe you have someone on your team who can grow into that role or you need to find someone else. But it is possible. Uh, so I highly recommend. It's a short book to read. And anyone who is ready for a project manager uh, should read this book. Great. Yeah. I hope I will find it because I still have two days left of a long weekend ahead. So <laughs> great to do. <laughs> yes. So make a list of everything that you need to do in your business. And it means that you have to delegate everything else. Whether you do it right now or not is a financial thing and a time thing. And, and you know, keep something that you enjoy. So for instance, uh, uh, I was just reminded this week, we wanted to try out Webinar Jam again. We've been using Zoom for Webinar and we want to try Webinar Jam. You know, it doesn't matter what tool it is. But I immediately in my head, I was thinking, okay, I have to do that. And I, and I suddenly woke up, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I have a team. I have a team. I have to remind myself because I'm so kind of like, like to go into software tools. And I know Webinar Jam has changed since I used it last time and da, da, da. And then I just said to my assistant, no, can you check it out? It probably has changed and we want to set it up. And here are the dates. Yeah, I have just set up an eight hour working day. And now I'm not working even a minute longer. And suddenly it happened that the, the time you can't stretch and you have to, you know, delegate or you won't do it. So yeah, that, that's great. So Diana was on the podcast recently and she said, even if you can do it, doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Yeah. Because also as business owners, as visionaries, we're providing jobs. Think of it that way. So if you do it, you're stealing a job from someone else. Yeah. It helps the economy when you can hire people, when you can delegate. And it helps the economy if you have 100% focus on what you're best at, because if you're doing things that you're not best at, you're probably slow at it and you're probably wasting resources. Like, you know, you, you could be doing more of what you're already good at versus doing stuff that you are not particularly good at or someone else is better at it. And that's how you need to look at it. Yeah, once you do what you're good at, you make it great. Yeah, that's the best summary. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show, Agneska. I wish you best of luck. I bet you will come on again. I have no doubt about it. I'll see you inside Samba. Thank you very much. That was inspiring as, as usually. <laughs> Thank you very much. Want to know the secret behind my multiple seven-figure lifestyle business? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to sigm.com forward slash 208. There you also find the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.